0: It's another spooky episode of the Berenstain Bears Show, which is not what this podcast is called. I don't know why I called it the Berenstain Bears Show. That's not even in in the title of my show. It's another episode of Deep in Bear Country, Berenstain Bearcast. Uh, I'm out in my car, actually. I'm recording this from my car. I was supposed to record this episode... Uh, yesterday, but I found that I did not have access to one of the books I needed. So I'm sitting in my car and it's rainy and cold and I kind of love it. I kind of think this is the way I always want to record my episodes from now on. I can see the traffic going by on one side. I can see people entering and exiting the office building where I work on the other. And the best thing about sitting in my cold car on a rainy fall day is that, A, I am communing with nature as closely as I am comfortable communing with nature. It's very, it's very pre-Halloweeny outside and the other thing is it keeps me going because I will not make this a long episode because I'm sitting in a cold car outside my office building and people I know are walking by and seeing me talking into a microphone behind the wheel of my car uh the life my friends of a podcaster. <laughs> Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain BearCast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week I'm covering not one, not two, but three stories featuring our family, the Berenstain Be- not not our family, a family called the Berenstain, not even called the Berenstain, they're called the Bear Family. We call them the Berenstain Bears, that's the brand. Uh, if you haven't heard of them, it's a family of bears. Welcome to episode 160 whatever. Uh, if you're jumping in right now, if you are a first-time listener, hi everyone, this is a show about the Berenstain Bears in which I cover all the books of the Berenstain Bears, and there's a lot, there's a lot of of the books and other things, TV shows and the like. In this episode, we are covering three titles: 1993's *The Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk*, 2003's *The Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk*, and 2005's *The Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk*. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of talk about this baby chipmunk. A lot of coverage of of the kids of the kids taking care of a baby chipmunk. In fact. The Berenstain Bear Cubs Taking Care of a Baby Chipmunk has been covered about as often as the Berenstain Bears going to the doctor. Which, if we were aliens coming down from another world and sifting through the post-apocalyptic remains of this planet, trying to discover what it was like to be a human being on the planet Earth, and they found these books, they would probably draw the conclusion that, Taking care of baby chipmunks is something that all children are eventually going to have to do. And the Berenstain seem to feel that way, and the Berenstain Company seems to feel that way because they keep retelling this tale, tale as old as time. It's a recurring story within our collective unconscious, is the story of taking care of a baby chipmunk and learning that's not a pet, it's a wild animal. The wonderful thing about this book is that not only does it teach children that pets are pets and wild animals are wild animals and never the twain shall meet it does a bang up job at teaching children how to almost immediately kill a baby chipmunk because boy oh boy is this not what you're supposed to do if you find a baby chipmunk word of warning parents if you buy this book for your kids not a good educational resource I mean it's a good theoretical educational resource it does teach a valuable lesson at the end it's the steps along the way where it kind of falls apart. So let's take a look at the Berenstain Bears and the baby chipmunk. Now the one from 1993 and the one from 2005. 1993 is a cub club book and 2005 is an I can read book or a first time reader. Uh, They are exactly the same book with a couple of caveats. Uh, 2005's has been redrawn presumably by mike uh it features honey bear but not as a character she's there but she's just kind of sitting there because she doesn't do anything they mentioned like a couple times and honey bear was there and here came honey bear but she's a non-character. She's simply in there because by this point, Honey Bear had been introduced into the timeline. They kind of had to work her in. Otherwise, the layout is almost entirely the same. There is a shot of Mama Bear bottle feeding a baby chipmunk that has been actually expanded uh, in the original layout of the Cub Club book. You didn't see Mama's face. You only saw her lap with the baby chipmunk, simply because of how the book was laid out. But then in in the newer ish- issuing of the story, uh, Mike, or whoever, I assume it's Mike, uh, drew an entire Mama Bear. Uh, otherwise, the the positioning the the facial features it's all it's all pretty square with what stan and jan originally did or whoever did the original i don't know i don't remember who actually did the illustrations for the cub club books those may have been freelancers correct me if i'm wrong people correct me if i'm wrong uh the basic story is and and and, and there's some word cleanup as well uh we see that a lot with the later uh first time books and the i can read books they they take a lot of the contractions out. They simplify some of the language and syntax and they take away a few of the repetitions. Uh, I think this is more to like a keep it in line with the standards set by these, these like numbered reading level books, but also just to sort of like maybe it's something they just went back and cleaned up because it was a little unclear early on. Stan and Jan w- weren't writing towards a lot of like very strict schooling standards at the time. And now I think these publishing companies are like, get rid of the contractions. Uh, uh, this is at level X, Y, and Z, so clean it up. So that's that's totally understandable. We've seen it in the past. We have saw it with Berenstain Bears on time. We saw it with all the other Cub Club books that were translated later. Uh, but it is it is exactly the same story. The family is enjoying their day outside. Uh, the cubs find a baby chipmunk that has seemingly been abandoned, and it is a wee baby. Its eyes are closed. Uh, mama says, you know, don't, don't touch it. Don't bother it. What we're going to do is we're going to hide and keep an eye on it and see if its mama comes by to pick it up. So far, so good. That is totally square with what they tell you in uh, all the the writings about wildlife is don't presume that because you see uh, what looks like an abandoned baby that it has been abandoned. Uh, Predators sometimes drag baby animals out of their dens and leave them. Uh, Sometimes they just sort of uh, end up falling out of, of nests or burrows and you give the mama some time and she will come and find the baby. And the last thing you want to do is take that baby away when it's not actually a forgotten, lost or abandoned baby. Uh, sometimes, of course, the parents have been killed. They're not coming back. And that is where human intervention can help a, a baby animal. But you've got to observe it, observe it all day. The one thing I've seen is they said if you if it's a cold day outside and the, in the uh, the animal is like invisible discomfort or a shivering. You can put like a warm uh, blanket or towel underneath it, never cover it up because then the, the the mother won't see it. But uh, you can do that to kind of keep it warm. But otherwise, let the parent find it. Uh, if you handle it at all, it's not going to make the, the, your scent is not going to scare the parent away. That's an old wives tale. But it's just one of those things. That's something mama does well. They observe this baby for a long time and its mother never comes. So they carefully, Pick it up. Uh, they don't use gloves, which you're supposed to do, uh, but they do put it resting in a warm, warmish, you know, in, in a towel, and they take it inside. This is the point <laughs> where what the bears do completely falls off the rails. Uh, so they determine that the baby is hungry. Obviously, it is, and so they give it. In in all versions of this, in both books and the Nelvana series, the Treehouse direct series, Treehouse TV series, PBS series, 2003 series, is they feed it. Warm milk and honey. Now, the one thing that I've seen across the board is if you find a baby chipmunk, don't give it milk. You're going to kill it almost instantly. You, If you give this thing cow's milk or goat's milk or sheep's milk, you're, de- you're de- destroying, you're, you're de- deading it. It's dead. It is now a dead baby chipmunk. Uh, it can't, it can't, it cannot process cow milk. It cannot process ungulate milk at this point what the bears are supposed to do is call their local wildlife center wildlife rescue center the wildlife rescue center may or may not take in baby chipmunks but that is the first thing you do say hey we found an abandoned baby chipmunk its mother is either dead or can't find it please come and take it off of our hands. That is the end of your story. Keep it in a box, lid on it. Don't try to feed it. Just let the experts come and handle it. If you live in an area where they're like, no can do, we we don't take in baby chipmunks. Those things are everywhere. Then there are resources that you can contact to find out and, and do your research and find out how to take care of a baby chipmunk. And there there are resources online on how to do this without killing it. It all depends on how old it is, uh, what stage of development it's at. But there are very specific things you have to do to keep this thing viable throughout its life. And the Berenstain bears don't do that. And the number one thing, of course, don't feed it milk and honey. It's not escaping the bonds of slavery from the pharaoh. It wasn't building pyramids and moses didn't free it it's not seeking out milk and honey just forget that there is a milk substitute that gets sold at some veterinarian like supply companies uh some of them like more like some of the more like well-stocked pet stores may have a milk substitute that gets fed to like puppies and things like that and that pops up in a few of these like yes you can feed it this only after a certain developmental stage uh, otherwise you're going to have some work on your hands you've going to have to puree the foods it needs to eat for liquefy, like liquefy it so that it can it can eat the nuts and the fruits that that keep a that keep a baby chipmunk alive that its mother would chew up for it there's all kinds of like enzymes and things that it needs and you will have to buy these things and i'm not going to tell you what they are because i'm not going to be responsible for the death of a chipmunk at your hands the other thing that mama does that's going to kill this baby chipmunk she feeds it with a bottle don't feed little baby animals with a bottle. They don't know how to work a bottle. They don't know how to use a bottle. It doesn't matter how tiny the bottle is. There are special syringes and droppers for feeding baby animals. Again, I'm not gonna tell you what to buy. I'm not an expert on baby wildlife. These resources exist. Contact your local wildlife resources. Heck, get on the Nextdoor app and say, Anybody know how to care for a baby animal? I guarantee you somebody in your neighborhood has done this before. Get on social media. Connect with your friends. Say, who here is a baby animal expert? Somebody out there has done this. Look it up online. Anything, anything, anything is better than following the directions as set down by 1993's the Berenstain Bears and the Chip Baby Chipmunk, 2003's the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk, or 2005's the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk. I cannot repeat it enough. You will kill your baby chipmunk if you do what they do so in any case they end up feeding the baby chipmunk warm milk and honey and eventually sugar just sugar sugar out of a bowl because babies need sugar and the baby the point that what happens is sister gets very close with this baby chipmunk she feeds it it's from a bottle she dresses it up she likes to play with it it gets older and older she names it brown eyes it has the run of the house it ends up getting into mama's groceries into papa's like newspaper it starts tearing up the house eventually it crawls up papa's pant leg bites him on the knee and they're like this is it this is what now it's time to get rid of the baby chipmunk and sister's like i'm really close to the chipmunk i don't want to let it go and this is one thing where i think the tv series is a really nice job uh papa's just like "Ugh, all right gonna have to talk to sister about this chipmunk and so he sits her down he's basically like this thing's a wild animal it's not a pet it does not belong in a house it hates being in this house it belongs out in the wild where it can run free and just be a chipmunk, doing its chipmunk thing, living its chipmunk life. And he talks sister through it, and he gets her through it. And that's an important lesson. So here is where the book does not fall apart. It teaches kids wild animals is wild animals. Pets is pets. We don't have a pet, strangely enough. Strangely enough. Uh, They do have a pet. They got one. We already covered that. Uh, we won't talk about Little Lady right now, although I will say that the Baron Stay Bears in the Trouble with Pets, which we covered uh, many moons ago on this show, begins with Sister rehabilitating a bird, and she says, you know, I love this bird, he was a great pet, and Mama says... Wild animals ain't a pet, and that's when they get into the discussion about getting a pet. Uh, the uh, I can read books; they do cover the Berenstain Bears getting a little lady. This is a this is a many-told story as well. The Berenstain Bears getting this little dog, and I think it falls well. Like, it follows well on the path set by the Berenstain Bears and the baby chipmunk, and children finding a baby animal and wanting to adopt it as a pet. That's a common theme. Like, I was being a little snarky at the beginning. It is a common theme. Little kids want to take care of baby animals, and they lack the ability to distinguish between pets and wild animals, domestic animals, wild animals. That's a fine lesson to teach kids. The Berenstain Bears and the baby chipmunk nails that point. What it falls apart on, again, is the steps taken to take care of the baby chipmunk, and I think they would have been wise to gloss over those steps, because you don't want a child to find a baby animal and feed it cow's milk, and have it die in their hands as it's unable to process this. The other thing it talks a lot about is like, it shows the baby chipmunk is feeding itself out of a bottle and they're like, you have to control how much uh, liquid the baby animal gets because a baby chipmunk will overfeed itself and it'll aspirate that milk and it can give itself pneumonia and die of pneumonia. Again, there's a lot of ways you can kill a baby animal and baby animal mamas, chipmunk mamas know how to feed those baby animals that's what they're like designed to do they they are they are born to nurse from an animal of their own sort not something like baby animal life-saving hobbyists can just pick up and run with not something you want to learn from a 20-page book that's supposed to teach you how to read and like learn what contractions are Bear stay bears and baby chipmunk doesn't do the best job at uh teaching you how to do that but again it's not trying to it's trying to teach you the basic philosophy behind what is a pet what is a wild animal and i think it does an okay job at that uh shoehorns honey bear in there a little bit that's not a honey bear book but that's fine. But yeah, so the redrawn images—I'm looking at it right now—the redrawn images uh, in the newer version of the baby chipmunk—they're—they're they're good. They're—they—they are good. Uh, they, like I said, they stick with the with the original line art pretty well, and uh, the the images of the baby chipmunk are almost compl- exactly exactly copied over. Like there is no change in style there, and it is a cute baby chipmunk. One final change. So the Nirvana TV show does a really good job. You know, it 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 flushes out the characters a little bit. But what I really liked about the Nirvana series is uh, the way it shows the whole family kind of working together to, uh, to get this baby chipmunk uh, back on its feet again. Uh, again, this show, the, the 2000s TV show, uh, fills in a lot of those gaps and fleshes out mama and papa in a way that I really like. You just sort of get to see them just be a couple. And you get to see Papa, like, complaining about growing old. And I really appreciate that as a man who is growing old. Uh, <laughs> it makes me feel good that I that I am Papa Bear can commiserate on the aches and pains of our bodies. Uh, one thing that the TV show does do that is kind of weird, but I get it. I understand why it is the way it is. At the very end, they let brown eyes go. And at the end of the book, they just let brown eyes go. And they like, well, there he goes. Into the TV show, they let Brown Eyes go, and they are all like, nah, that's kind of a bit of a bummer. Oh, well. And then, oh, what's this we see? Here comes Brown Eyes, comes running back, followed by all of his brothers and sisters, and there's his mom. And they're like, oh, Brown Eyes found his family. When our neighbors, our families are all neighbors. I get why they did that. They're like, you don't want to introduce the concept of parent death or child abandonment in a TV show like this, like that's not the point. Like in a little book, that's fine because the whole point, like, is kind of just like, No, this is what a pet is. But when you start fleshing out the characters, you start fleshing out the emotional world that these characters live in. You start fleshing out the reality of the world these characters live in. At the end of this, you're like, Ooh. So I guess his mom did die, huh? So I can see where the writers would be like, Let's bring the mama back at the end and the brothers and sisters, because that we don't we don't want to leave kids with the with the implication that these people are actually dead. These animals are actually dead. I accidentally said people there, which leads me to my final point of this episode. This is another The Berenstain Bears and our uncomfortable relationship with non-humanized animals. Yes, uh, another book in which animals are animals and bears are people. And what do we do with this knowledge? We have nothing to do with this knowledge. Uh, We don't know where to take it. Again, the Berenstain Bears sometimes have a dog, sometimes don't. Here comes Scruff. Here comes little lady. There they go. Are they on the level with us? I don't know. We had a neighbor who was a skunk. We had a neighbor who was a beaver. Now, this chipmunk doesn't talk. It ain't intelligent. But in the TV show, it has a family. So where does that leave us? We've seen mice decorate their tree for Christmas. What does that mean? We don't know. Uh, the Berenstain and Bears have an unusual relationship with the animals of the forest. We know that Lizzie can talk to animals. That's weird in some ways because... Can't they all talk to animals? Sister could for a while in the stories anyway, and then she couldn't. So I don't know. Uh, But the Berenstain Bears have a very unusual relationship to the animals in the forest. And this book is just another example of that. Couldn't they ask around? Hey, anybody seen a baby chipmunk's mama? Because we found one. Tell the butterflies and frogs, sister, you were talking to them just a few months ago. Can't they find the baby chipmunk's mama? We don't know. We don't know. That is the mystery of bear country. Who are the animals? Who walks on two legs? Who walks on four legs? Some animals, I guess, are just... More equal than others. Well, that was the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk from 1993, the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk from 2003, and the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk from 2005. If you want to pick up a copy of it, it is available on your bookselling websites. Uh, you can find, I actually, my copy of the Berenstain Bears and the Baby Chipmunk, the new one, is from a uh, an I Can Read book that is four stories in one called The Adventures of the Berenstain Bears. So uh, you can find this, I think you can find this new. It's a hardback, it's got four stories in it that we'll be covering uh later on in the series uh so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spoil what those ones are but so you can you can pick this one up and it i would say yeah, i found it for like i think it's available for just like a few bucks i think it's like an eight dollar hardback it's got four stories you can't do wrong with it four pretty good tales uh pick it up i like the baron stain bears and the baby chipmunk just do not do not do what it says to do with the baby chipmunk you will destroy that chipmunk you will eradicate it it will be a non Chipmunk. It will cease to exist. It will be fertilizer if you do what the Baron Stain Bears do with this baby chipmunk. Treat your chipmunks well. Uh We've got a ton of them. We can't we can't step outside without running over a chip. Uh, we don't run over a chipmunk, but we can't step outside without seeing chipmunks. They are all in our backyard. You know what? You know what's really weird? Alana uh, was talking to me about this just the other day. She was like. Do you remember this many chipmunks? And I was like, no. Like We've lived in our house for like seven and a half years, seven years now, and we don't remember seeing chipmunks ever, like maybe once or twice. And all of a sudden, we're seeing more chipmunks than we're seeing squirrels. We're seeing more chipmunks than we're seeing rabbits. What's up with all the chipmunks? If you have any idea as to what is up with all the chipmunks in South Minneapolis, Minnesota, please drop me a line at BerenstainBearCast at WordPress. (laughs) That's not the name. Baronstainbearcast at gmail.com. Or you can find me at BerenstainBearCast.wordpress.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at BstainBearCast. You can message me there and say, what's up with all the chipmunks? Hey, Phil, what is going on with all the chipmunks? You wouldn't say. You would answer the question. You would say, Phil, here's what's going on with all the chipmunks. Population explosion. uh, Radiation. uh, Arsenic in the groundwater. I don't know. Chipmunks everywhere. Chipmunks coming out my face. I love them. Love all the chipmunks. I don't know where I'm going with this. So everyone, please, if you find a baby animal, look up your local wildlife rehabilitation resources. It is right there on Google. Every place has one. They may or may not be able to take care of the baby chipmunk for you, but if they cannot, there are sources online to find out. Just Google it. How do I take care of a baby chipmunk? And read, 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 and do what it says. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, find a friend. Uh, Find someone Go on Facebook. Ask for help. Go on Nextdoor. Ask for help. Go on Twitter. Ask for help. Somebody knows what to do better than the Berenstain Bears do. Again, I'm not faulting Stan and Jan for this. This is not their line of work. This is not Mike's line of work. They are not wildlife rehabilitation experts. I will just simply ask that the next time they revise this book, shorten it. Have them call their wildlife expert. Just hand off the baby chipmunk. That's all you need to do. We don't need more dead baby chipmunks in this world. They are beautiful creatures, little stripes, little cheeks. We love them very much. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash country. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. How did Mama and Papa meet each other? That's a question I was asked on patreon.com, and I'm going to be answering that really soon. What's their story? How did they court? what kind of date did papa take mama on what kind of dates did mama take papa on was there any jealousy was there another suitor we've heard the story of grams and gran how they met we've heard it twice different each time how did mama and papa meet though did he bring her flowers did he bring her candy did he bring her honey did she bring him honey what movies did they see what plays did they see does papa like going to the theater does mama like going to the theater did they get dressed up or was it one of them backwoods courtships? did they go to the barn dance the hay dance the hay loft the barn loft we Don't know. I'm gonna have to make all this up because strangely enough, this is a subject hasn't really been touched on that much. We've seen their honeymoon, that's weird, but nothing before that, or have we? If you know of a resource that talks about how mama and papa may have met, let me know. Drop me a line at well, I already gave you all that. And I'll be answering that question. It's a Patreon question. You get to ask one of those at the $5 and up level. So Go to patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country, drop me some money, and you can ask me a question that I will be addressing on the air very soon. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you all next time deep in bear country.